Have you ever owned a paper shredder? Yeah, I have one right next to me right now, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I I have just joined the club of adults who own paper shredders Ooh. this week, uh, and it's very satisfying. And I don't know why, but oh, you know. I know why. <laughs> I, well, I guess I can't explain why, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, the ostensible reason was that uh, very occasionally I have client files that are like printed on paper that I need to shred when I'm done. So that was that was the reason ostensibly. But there's lots of things that are fun to shred. So junk junk mail, junk mail, old, old credit uh, cards, health insurance statements, all the stuff. I used to well, not I used to as in I did it on a regular basis. But have you ever shredded a CD? Uh, no, I did not know that was possible. I mean, it's possible. I don't know if it's recommended. It's <laughs> it's messy. I mean, you can put credit cards in in this machine, so I suppose that's not so different from a CD, other than the size. CDs are much more brittle; they crack. Oh. Yeah, it goes all over. But <laughs> anyway, that's exciting. Hey there, I'm Steve, and I'm Tyler, and welcome to It's Not About the Money, where we discuss a wide range of topics related to entrepreneurship, leadership, productivity, and of course, money. We're not here to bore you with financial jargon or the tax code, although we might. Normally I say, but not on purpose, but sometimes I think we do it on purpose. I Well, we do. It's true. On purpose. Maybe we need to change the script. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but in the meantime, we're just a couple of small business owners trying to make sense of the world, one podcast at a time. So... Tyler, you have told me that you recently or a little while ago had an epiphany about coaching. And I want to ask you about that today because I think it would be useful for others who are considering coaching as a career or a side gig. But I'm going to bury the lead a bit for our listeners and back up the story for a minute first. What do you think? Sure, that works. Okay. So you uh, mentioned in an earlier episode that you came upon financial coaching through the YNAB certification. And could you recap that process for me? What, what got you interested? What did it take? What was it like? Sure. I guess I should preface this by saying that YNAB stands for You Need a Budget. And it's a company that makes a budgeting software, which is based on a budgeting methodology. And I've been a big fan of theirs. I've been using them for probably seven years or so. I'm not exactly sure when I started. So the 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 preface is, I'm just a massive fan of this company, the software, their methodology. They really helped me put my personal finances in order. And I'm just, I love it so much. I'm kind of a natural evangelist for them, I guess you could say. Much mm -hmm. to the chagrin of my friends and family. But I learned, you know, when I met you once in a while, you meet someone else who likes personal finance and budgeting and you can geek out about it together. So it works out. I do also love YNAB. Yes. Although not not enough to uh, get certified. So <laughs> tell me tell me more about that. <laughs> sure, sure. And, you know, that is why I did it out of uh, excitement. And, and, and I guess love might be a strong word, but, you know, excitement about the product. I... Can't remember where I first saw it. It might have been on Twitter back when I was on Twitter, but I saw somebody mention on the internet that you could become a YNAB certified budgeting coach. And I didn't even know what that meant before I was like clicking apply, apply. You know, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to be more involved in YNAB. Uh, anyway, it's uh, basically they are certifying people to be able to understand 
and teach their methodology for budgeting, which is actually pretty simple. It's just four rules that they ask you to follow. Uh, sorry, they don't ask you to follow them. They, they they recommend them, and if you follow them, it's easier to do your personal finances and and and, and feel like you're in control of your money. It's more um, of a carrot than a stick. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could think of it that way. It's more of a uh, paradigm, I would say. You know, you've 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 uh, heard yeah. of like various uh, budgeting methodologies out there. Maybe you've heard of Dave Ramsey and his seven baby mm-hmm. steps. Uh, that's that's one example. Uh, except for YNAB has four rules, and we can talk more about those another time. But anyway, yeah, okay. Uh, so I was just excited. I've kind of been a fanboy of the company. I, you know, I've like stalked some of their employees on LinkedIn to see if I could get connected with them, and you know, so they could hire me someday. That kind of thing. It's a little much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, sweet, an opportunity to to kind of get more involved with this company. And uh, you know, I had no intention. I didn't really know what. Uh, coaching was i'd heard of life coaching but i knew that i liked yneb i knew that i liked talking about budgeting with people in my regular everyday life and uh wouldn't it be fun to be quote qualified to do it (laughs) i guess you could say certified right so i applied uh it was a three-month program so and it was uh live instruction there's there was an element of live instruction to it for three months where you go really in depth on the yneb method and really in depth on the YNAB software. And I did learn a few things that I hadn't known before about how to use it, kind of tips and tricks and, and advanced use cases. And then there's also a whole section about how to work with different types of people, uh, like personality wise or financial situation wise, uh, and help them overcome personal finance challenges. And then the other element of the program was uh, you actually had to coach. So, you know, you had to. You, to find a certain number of people to volunteer to be your guinea pigs to practice coaching them. And you couldn't get the certification unless you had fulfilled the coaching like hours requirement, basically, right? So pretty straightforward as far as a certification goes. There's an education practice and then like a very giant test at the end about uh, the software and the method. Okay, that's great. This sounds very comprehensive. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've heard... Uh, Jesse Meekum, the founder, uh, described YNAB, the company, as not a software company, but an education company. And I thought that was a very interesting way to characterize it. But now hearing you describe what this process was like, that makes total sense. Because they already had a lot of, well, obviously they had the information they were sharing with you, because that's how they shared it with you. But the, you know, they knew who their customers are, what kinds of situations they're coming from uh, and could coach you on how to work with all of those different kinds of people. That's interesting. I had never thought of them as a, as an education company, but now that I think about it, I I can see where he's coming from. I mean, they do make software and that's how they make their money is people subscribing to their, you know, software as a service. Um, But they produce a massive amount of content, whether it's blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, tutorials. Uh, yeah, they, they really want to help people understand how to be successful with their money. And they do have uh, one thing that became apparent during the certification course is they have a massive amount of experience in-house from their customer support team. They're answering questions all day from their customers about how to use the software and oh, right. and like how to you know overcome challenges and things like that. And so I, I guess, you know... 
they didn't talk about their motivation for uh, creating the certification pro program, but I can I can see you know <laughs> they they spend a lot of resources helping people uh, through their method and through their software, and I think they they wanted to expand their ability to do that and give people the opportunity if they so desire to make a little money doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So and, and, and I have to say, I you know it's interesting. You, again, sorry, I'm kind of stuck on this education component of it. Is uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that using the software is particularly difficult, or you know, putting all of your money into a budget. It's not. That's not what's hard. I've found in my own life and talking to other people, it's a behavior thing. Mm. Like I, I think Dave Ramsey is fond of saying, you know, personal finance is like something like twenty percent knowledge and eighty percent behavior. Like there's not that much to know you know, spend less than okay. you make, <laughs> uh, give every dollar job, that kind of stuff. But like then following through and actually doing it, sticking to your plan, that's that's the hard part. And so it requires a lot of support. Okay, which sounds like a really good fit for coaching, where that's the, the things that you need to get it to work for you are the mindset and the habits and the, you know, the, the experience of doing it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I, you you kind of you know when you first start budgeting, it's hard to trust your system uh, because you're so used to whatever the case may be. A lot of people are just used to looking at their bank account balance to answer the question, "Can I afford this?" Uh, but that mm -hmm. number alone, if you only look at your bank account balance before you make a big purchase, doesn't tell you any information about what you what else you might need that money for. And so that's where budgeting budgeting comes in. Right. Okay. Uh, so I, I heard that from Jesse on a podcast that he does with somebody else named Mark Butler. Oh, yes. Uh, called... Have I mentioned I'm a huge fan of, of Mark Butler? Oh, okay. Yes. I think you have, yeah. yeah. Um, what is it called? It's called Beginning Balance. And uh, the, the thing that drew me to this particular episode was that the the title mentions taxes. So I was already interested, but typical that part of his, anyway, they were talking about uh, the research and development tax credit and how that applies to software developer salaries, accounting within their company. And he, it was sort of just an offhand comment that he said that we're not so much a software company as an education company. Mm. Uh, but I thought that was profound. So anyway, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So you've coached, a few different kinds of clients so far from your training, the the ones you had to do before you got the certification up through now. Uh, what was kind of the range and the scope of those conversations generally? The range and the scope of those conversations. That's a good question. Well, uh, in the beginning when I was doing my training, I'd say on one end of the spectrum, you had people who were doing me a favor Hey, I'm getting certified. I need to practice on somebody. <laughs> you know, can I have an hour of your time to, to talk, talk with you about this? Um, and that was way less about coaching because they had no idea. You know, they were coming in cold. I was just trying to explain what I was doing and what budgeting in it is and, and all about this new app. You know, so I would call that, I don't know, not coaching. That was more like <laughs> explaining. And then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, 
after I became certified, now that I'm working with uh, real clients and, and, oh, I shouldn't say real clients. I'm sorry. Everyone is a real client, but, but, uh, <laughs> you know, p- uh, paying clients, I should say. On the other end of that spectrum are people who are massively engaged in self-improvement, I would say, who are maybe sick of making the same mistakes financially over, over and over again in their lives. And they've tried a ton of different things to get out of the rut that they're in. And they're just excited uh, to have someone with them and kind of guide them through that process. So like, that's kind of the spectrum of engagement. Maybe you could say like, do me a favor, just listening all the way to like very actively engaged in the coaching process and self-improvement. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what topics have you covered with all of these different people? Is it, does it range from like how to use the software or how to change your mindset, everything in between? Yes. (laughs) So, um, uh, yes, yes, it covers a whole every topic you can imagine related to personal finance and in particular budgeting. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the first couple of clients that I worked with after I became certified were asking me a lot of questions about how to use the software. Okay. And that's where we spent most of our time. Were these clients that came to you through the YNAB coaching directory? Yes. Okay. So yep. I guess that makes sense that they were looking for, I need a YNAB coach. Yes. Uh, here's one named Tyler. Let me call him up and see. That's right. And uh, in my listing in the YNAB directory at that point in the game, I had a little blurb. You know, you have like a uh, basically a, a tweet's length <laughs> of characters to describe yourself to kind of advertise your services there. And I, it, my wording was more focused on that. You know, it was, it was along the lines of, learn the YNAB method, master the YNAB apps, work with me. So that's kind of what I was looking for, I guess, at that point. Okay. So you had some clients coming in that were looking for help to learn the software. And then I'm assuming there were also others who were like, I've tried a whole bunch of things, uh, but really what I need is somebody to coach me through how to change my mindset or my habits or things, and less, less specifically the software. Is that true? No, actually, it was mostly software help that I was getting into, you know, click here. Oh, why isn't this transaction showing up correctly? How do I use this feature? Why is, you know, why is the balance red? That's the worst question. Mm. (laughs) Where's all my money? (laughs) You know, all these things, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, that's what kind of led to the epiphany that you alluded to earlier is I kind of got bored of that pretty quickly, actually, because. Oh, to me, using the software is not that interesting. And um, I found myself feeling a little bit like tech support, you know, kind of, or a software yeah. trainer, I guess you could say. And uh, I was just like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, it's fun the first few times, but then after a while, I was like, just, just click the button. Just click the button. It's right there, you know? <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> and that's, not a, that's like not an interesting problem for me to help people solve. Okay, yeah. And so the epiphany that I had, and I'll, you know, I'll just jump, jump right to it, is I do not want to be technical support for YNAB, and I don't want to be a software trainer. Uh, what I want to do is help people experience 
some kind of actual change or transformation in their life, right? I don't want to have a three-month or a six-month coaching engagement with someone. And at the end of that, great. They know how to use YNAB, the software, but their life hasn't changed. Their spending habits haven't changed. They haven't changed their net worth. They haven't paid off any debt. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what. That's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, and that's what's exciting. Like uh, that's uh, what makes the conversations with clients engaging. That's what gets them excited, which in turn gets me excited. Like that's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just be conveying technical knowledge without helping them effect some change in their life. Yeah, that's right. And I kind of had this realization in real time as I was talking with a prospective client. We were talking about what it would be like to work with me. And I kind of just had the rant that I just gave. I just said that basically. I'm like, you know, okay. I'm not that interested in, I don't want to be tech support. I don't want to teach you how to use a software. I want to help you change your life. I want to, I want to help you turn your finances around. And YNAB as a methodology and as a tool can be instrumental in that. But frankly, you don't have to use it. And I don't care whether you do, even if it's useful, like there's, you know, there's a lot more to this. And it actually really resonated with that that person and they hired me on the spot. So I, it, it worked out. <laughs> okay, wow. So that was like the eureka moment of, yes. in the middle of a conversation. Yep. That's great. Basically because I was bored. I was like, I, I can't, I don't want to show someone <laughs> how, how to log into the software again <laughs> or whatever, you know, like <laughs> click the button. Yeah. So. For sure. And it's been very, very rewarding uh, since then. It was a great realization that led to a pivot in how I approach everything from, you know, what's on my website to how I in- engage with people the first time. It's been great. I think, I think this is a great example of the iterative approach that you have to take when you're starting a business of just, first of all, figuring out what it is you want to do. You kind of have that, you want to do financial coaching but then figuring out what kind of client do I want to serve? What problems do they have that I want to help them solve and I'm good at helping them solve? And then you're just kind of iterating on that as you go and you'll get better at defining that and uh, describing that value to other people. Totally. In fact, that's one of the biggest problems I have with the information that's easily available on the internet about how to start marketing yourself. Uh, as a new business or, you know, a solopreneur or, or whatever it is, is like so often you hear like step one, choose your niche. Uh-huh. And like, that's fine. But what if you choose the wrong niche, right? That <laughs> you actually, you think you're interested in it, but um, just like I was interested in being a YNAB coach, right? And helping people use the YNAB software. That's a hundred percent what I thought I was interested in. And so that's kind of the niche that I was diving into until I realized like, no, uh, that's like a micro part of the niche, I guess, or, or, or the, what I want to do, but that's not it. And if I focused only on that, I would be missing out on like the best clients and helping them solve like the most interesting problems. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, in my opinion, and I guess this totally depends on the business that you're in. I would hate to generalize, right? <laughs> but, but it seems like it's best in my experience to start with like casting a wide net and iterating, just like you're saying, and then kind of following the feedback that you get. And I don't know if it ever ends. That's a good point. Maybe it doesn't, but I, I agree though. I've followed that same approach so far in my business, kind of taking everybody that comes in the door for this first year, just to, 
one get the experience, but two to figure out which which ones of these which problems are the most interesting to me or which ones have the highest value to the customer where I can really dive deep on that and get super good at solving that kind of a problem and become more valuable to them. I, I Have you noticed any patterns yet in the type of people that you have been working with or enjoy working with the most in terms of kind of like narrowing, narrowing it down or are you still casting a wide net? Uh, I have narrowed it down to solopreneurs and small business folks with just a handful of employees, but that's still, that's still very general. Uh-huh. Like that's the the way I describe it so far. But um, yeah, as the iterative process goes on, it will probably end up in like, I'm really good at solopreneurs in this particular vertical, or if you're in uh, like a particular revenue range, no matter what the business is or something like that, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, again, like the advice that you see out there is like have a, and I'm not saying it's bad advice. I think this is more of an, but it's kind of an advanced marketing tactic that maybe can be applied at a later date. I don't know, but you've heard about like creating your customer avatar. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, get real specific, give them an age, give them a name, give them a gender, give them hobbies, give them an income range, you know, like figure out who is the person you're talking to because then you can connect with them. I do think there's value in that, but I just don't think I'm ready. <laughs> like, I don't know who that person is yet for me. Right. I agree. Uh, I think eventually I will probably get to that point with my business. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I'm starting to sketch out an outline, I guess, but I don't have all the details of uh, what it's going to look like. And that's totally fine at this stage for me. Totally. Yeah. Same here. So when you get a new client, they have gone through the onboarding process, whatever that is, and said, I want to work with Tyler to be my financial coach. What is your goal at that point for a client? Where do you go? Yeah. Well, I mean, at a high level, my goal is to have conversations with them that are powerful. And for being ambitious, I would say, the conversations should be so powerful that they'll never forget them as long as they live, which maybe that's like my, uh, you know, that's an aspiration. That's pretty tall order. But, mm-hmm. um, and the reason why I say powerful conversations is the goal. That's also kind of a, a pivot from how I started. Um, when I first started, I had kind of a, a program. It's like, well, I, I think it was like five sessions and session one will cover this and session two will cover this. In session three, we'll practice what we learned and then we'll meet every other week for a little while until you feel, com- I don't know. It was like, it was a, it was a very regimented by topic, what we were going to cover. And, and you know what, that just, I found that that did not work because everyone that I was meeting with was just so different and had such, they were just had different questions and different problems. And like, this is where I kind of started to realize there's a big difference between coaching and teaching. So similar, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So similarly, how I think there's a difference between like tech support and coaching. Like that's we talked about that already. But you know, teaching. If I was teaching, I could make a course, or I could recommend they watch one of the many, many, many YouTube videos that YNAB, the company, has already produced about how to use their software and learn their method. Right. Yeah. Um, or I could make my own course, and I could try selling that. But um, 
so yeah, my initial approach was more of a teaching approach, I would say, where it's like, okay, we'll start, you know, there's a, there's an order of operations, kind of a, the most efficient way to start managing your personal finances. I still think that's true uh, in a general sense, but um, the problem is everybody has progressed a certain amount already along that spectrum, along that path. And so sometimes it doesn't make sense to start at this, at the same place at the, at the beginning, if you will. So now, okay. Um, instead of that being the goal, I guess the goal back then would have been, I had actually, actually, I literally had a checklist of like skills to learn. And my goal is to get them all checked off with that client. It's like, Oh, you can reconcile your accounts now. Oh, you can assign budget or sorry, assign money to budget categories and so on and so forth. There was like 20 of these things, 20 or 30 of these skills. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now the goal is to have powerful conversations that change that change their mindset, change their lives, because the the technical aspects tend to flow from, you know, once they're enthused and once they like see themselves making progress. If you start too much in the weeds of the details of how to use the software I found that they like, they don't have any quick wins. And so it's like your momentum gets uh, killed early on and it's not a very pleasant experience. So, um, so yeah, that was a very long way of saying the goal is to have uh, transformation through conversation. And I know that sounds a little ambiguous and kind of, what does that mean? But I, it, it, it seems to be something like, you know, when it's happening. Yeah. That is super interesting because when I asked the question, I was expecting you to have like a a goal of like a uh, what like an end point in mind of like we will get this together, we will get you to this point. We'll get you out of debt. We'll get you whatever get you out of right? yeah or whatever it might have been. I didn't know what it would be, but your answer is more like I. It's going to depend on you, and we're just here to have powerful, transformative conversations as we go along that will move you along your journey to wherever it is that you want to go. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And, and it really works. I'm telling you, I'm working with a client right now who I just love. It's so fun to work with him. You know, it's a kind of a typical case for people I'd work with. Uh, he makes really good money, um, but like likes to spend it, you know, doesn't have much left over at the end of the month, like many people. And so we've been meeting for about two months now and about a month and a half in, we finally got to a place where he was really comfortable understanding his spending, right? He kind of had mm-hmm. had done the analysis, had figured out what he was spending money on and more importantly, why? Like what was driving the spending on all those different things? And yeah. uh, by by the end of our last session, it was just, just uh, recently, we were still, uh, he was still kind of like from a finan- strictly financial perspective, not in a great place because the amount of money he was planning to spend in any given month is still more than his income per month. So that's a problem. That's like negative cash flow, right? Right. But he's very good at budgeting now. When he gets paid, he knows exactly how to allocate those dollars to the highest priorities, basically answering the question, what do I need this money to do until I get paid again? And so he's like got all the good habits. So he's like, he's budgeting his money. He's recording his spending. He's uh, doing retrospective. So like, even though he hasn't arrived where he wants to be in terms of cash flow, in terms of debt repayment, he feels awesome about life because he has clarity 
and he has momentum and he knows there's still work to do. So yeah, success can look like that too. Like it's not, it's not all in the numbers, but you know, I'm very confident that he's going to become financially successful and meet his financial goals of getting out of debt, et cetera, et cetera, because of the light bulb moments that he's having and just like the change you can see it in his eyes. It's awesome. Yeah. Developing that understanding of what is going on, where the money goes and also the technical skills of how to manage it so that you can get it to do what you want it to do. And that, and that may take some time to get there and that's okay. Yeah. Cause he's, yeah, that's great. I want to pivot a little bit here and ask you what life experience you have that brought you to coaching. Is there, can you, can you look back now and see, oh, here and here and here in my life, I was expressing interest in being a coach, but I didn't realize it at the time perhaps, or I don't know, something like that. Can, sure. do you have any of those kinds of experiences? Yeah. I mean, if you can't tell by now, I'm pretty obsessed with the idea that uh, conversation can be powerful. <laughs> and I think most of my life that I can re actually remember, I've felt the same way. I just never would have called it coaching. I would have called it like friendship or just having interesting or deep conversations. I mean, I can remember stuff all the way back to my teenage years. Like I used to work at a, a scout camp in the summer. And, you know, mm -hmm. you sit around the campfire late at night and talk about things that are important to you and with other people your age, like, that was formative for me, like having those deep conversations about important things. Yeah. Later in my life, I served as a missionary, a proselyting missionary in Russia. And that's the same thing. You're just having conversations with people all day, every day about stuff that's important to them, stuff that's important to you. Um, and then that's kind of how I like my friendships to go to. I, I, <laughs> some people might think this is boring, but like, uh, at the top of my list of things that I would love to do with you, if we were hanging out, uh, it would be, uh, just chatting, just talking like what, you know, and, and going deep. And I guess that's kind of maybe also why we're doing a podcast. I don't know. It's, that's basically <laughs> guess, what this is, right? So kind of an outgrowth of our uh, <laughs> yeah. friendship, which is as you describe it of long, thoughtful conversations about yeah. deep things. Yeah. yeah, And then, and, and we've had many of those in our personal friendship too, not related to anything that we're talking about right now. So right. it's just, it's just kind of, maybe I'm an addict to conversation. I, I don't know, but uh, so that's one side of it. The other side is, you know, a lot of my professional career has been in management roles where I'm, you know, manager of people basically. So people directly reporting to me uh, and being partially responsible for their professional growth, for their performance, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that are involved with uh, being a boss. And, uh, you know, I wish I would have had some of the thoughts and, and frameworks that I've gained over the last year about coaching in my professional career before this. Cause I mean, that's, there's a lot of coaching opportunities in a management role in, in a profession, right? I mean, um, yeah, mentorship opportunities, there's, uh, opportunities to correct people who maybe have done something wrong or, don't know how to do something and teaching them. So yeah, there's a lot of application there that I'm currently trying to apply from, from this experience. So it's, that's another area. Okay. I have a thesis uh, that I would like to eventually prove out in oh, some good. conversation with you that, uh, that goes something like everything I needed to know for a career in coaching. I learned as a middle manager. 
I love that. It's sort of the provocative title of it. Uh, but it sounds like from what you just said that, that there's there's maybe something there. So we should explore that in the future. That sounds like a book book title or something. Yeah. That's... <laughs> right. A, a play on the everything I needed to know about uh, something I learned in kindergarten. I don't yeah. remember the, orig- the original book, but yeah. No, I love that. I think that's, yeah, that's a, a lot of, over, of overlap there. I think, I guess my theory is uh, there should be a lot of overlap between a coaching skill set and a managerial skill set that does not always bear out in reality. Um, we've all had different kinds of bosses, right? And so, <laughs> yeah, but the, the bosses that I've had that I really enjoyed working with have been of this caliber that you described where they, they have good conversations, they understand you as well as the goals and needs of the team and they know how to how to steer everybody in the right direction and get the best out of each person which is different for each person yeah well that's interesting that connected with something in my mind there's another uh, coach kind of a i don't know if celebrity coach is the right word for it but his name is rich litvin he actually wrote or co-wrote the book uh, the prosperous coach which i get a lot of my inspiration from and he has a podcast he has many youtube videos as well but but one of his taglines is this thing that we call coaching. Like it wasn't always called coaching. It used to just be called leadership. Uh, and I find that really interesting. Just food, really interesting. food for thought. Yeah. How would you counsel someone trying to figure out what aspects of coaching they really enjoy? If maybe they think this could be a, a useful career or side gig for them, how do they figure out? whether they want to be like a like tech support or they want to be a teacher or they want to be a coach or somewhere in between. I think it depends on what you want to coach around. So I'm coaching around personal finance and budgeting as a starting point. And so when you're using that as kind of a way to create customers around that topic, um, there is an element, I will say, like what I do in a coaching session, I, I talk all the time, as you can hear from this episode, about it's all about conversation, conversation, conversation. But in reality, like I said, when you're working with someone on their personal finances, uh, I'll kind of switch modes, right? Sometimes it's coaching, sometimes it's teaching, sometimes it's consulting. Maybe we call that consulting, like the software consulting, mm. teaching them how to uh, implement a certain software, certain method into their life. And so it's not like all the same every time. Again, another one of my clients, we were kind of starting from high level and working our way down. Starting at a high level, I mean like having conversations about uh, their identity, you know, who, what, who are you? What do you stand for? What does your future look like? Those kind of questions. So that we could have a foundation upon which to make decisions about, you know, how to spend this person's money. But they were like, whoa, 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 stop. Like, I, I I think we need to stop because I'm not ready to have that conversation. I just need to get my money under control first. I just, I'm not in a space where I can mentally give energy to those conversations because I'm just stressed about my money. Mm, so so yeah. in that case, like we flipped the script, right? So we're like, okay, fine. Yeah, let's, uh, let's train you up on YNAB. We'll teach you the method. We'll get your money in there. We'll get you like a functioning budget first. And that will give us a starting point where you're like at peace. You have some clarity so that we can kind of go back to um, asking questions about, okay, here's how you're spending your money. Are you happy with that? And then kind of work our way back up the ladder. So I guess the point of saying that is, again, everyone, every engagement 
uh, the client is different. And uh, I kind of like to think of it as the the person is the program. Like we just go where they need to go to get the most out of working together. Oh, I like that. The person is the program. Yeah. Instead of trying to cram every person into the same program. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess um, back to the beginning of my answer is, you know, kind of do some pondering about what it is that you're coaching around. It doesn't have to be personal finance. It could be fitness. It could be nutrition. It could be health. It could be mindfulness. It could be professional development. There's a lot of career coaches out there, right? That help you put together a plan for your career and then execute the tactics to advance along your plan. Uh, and think about what kind of technical knowledge you uh, and expertise you, you bring to that conversation. And then do what I did, I guess, and just try it a few times. Try, you know, maybe try putting together a program. You know, like, I think for you to be successful at X, Y, or Z, here's the steps and I'll teach you how to do it. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you're a trainer at heart. Maybe you're, you have the heart of a teacher. Maybe you just like powerful conversations or maybe a little bit of all three. And kind of, you know, we talked earlier about iterating. So just iterate until you start to find your groove. Yeah. Great advice. Well, thank you, Tyler. Is there anything uh, you wish I had asked that I didn't that you want to talk about? Um, Nope. I think that's everything. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we will see you again on another episode of It's Not About the Money.